Vudu is a streaming service you can watch on all your favorite devices. Stream over 6,000 titles for free or choose from over 150,000 titles to rent or buy in up to 4K quality from the latest Hollywood blockbusters to independent cinema. Head over to voodoo.com slash villains to sign up and start watching today. That's vudu.com slash villains. Villains. Each episode, I'll be joined by two guests to take a look at a different type of villain. We've already done a psychological thriller villain, a high school movie villain, a superhero movie villain. Today, we're doing a karate movie villain. And if I can be very honest for a second, the whole reason I came up with the Villains podcast was only so that we could talk about this one guy <laughs> for 17 hours. Today, we're doing... What's going on? That's Chong Lee, the current champ. He's never been defeated. Those awesome records, including the fastest kill. He killed a guy during the last comedy. Yep, he kicked the poor bastard right in the throat. I died right there on the platform. Chong Lee stood there and watched him die. Motherfucking Chong Lee from Bloodsport. Yeah. Yes. I'm Shay Serrano. That's Kevin Clark. That's John Gonzalez. Two guys who know that bricks don't hit back. Let's fucking go. <laughs> We're going to start with the plot of the movie first. I'm going to run through it. There's okay. a plot? There's a plot. All right. It's a very serious plot. Don't be disrespectful. I, listen. We just it's started. It's a training montage. I'm very excited about it. In Bloodsport, Jean-Claude Van Damme plays Frank Dukes, a U.S. Army captain who travels to Hong Kong to participate in a no-holds-barred martial arts tournament called the Kumite. We find out through flashbacks that when Frank was a teenager, he broke into a house with a couple of friends. Turns out the house he broke into belonged to a ninjutsu master named Sinzo Tanaka. And we're already off to a great start. I have, I have a couple of questions. So first of all, the break-in is a pivotal moment in everybody's life. Tanaka was just going to have his son beat the crap out of young Frank Dukes. Mm -hmm. Just kick him in the stomach. Just kick yeah. him in the stomach. One kick. The son really knew what to do in that spot. He, Yeah, he already knew. He's been preparing for that break in his whole little life. Yeah, it didn't seem like Tanaka great. had any instructions either. The kid just knew exactly where to go. The number one part of the break-in scene is Frank Dukes is wearing a San Francisco Giants yeah. hat and a Giants football jersey. Double Giants. He just loves Giants. Giants squared. <laughs> Okay. All things Giants. And also, young Frank Dukes' accent is just phenomenal accent work. You didn't flinch. You have fighting spirit. You're not going to call the cops? Not if we make a deal. What kind of a deal? This was a point that I also wrote down, because you have to match it up with Jean-Claude's very particular accent, and mm -hmm. it's not far off. It's pretty they good. They also it's don't really good. have a line. Like it, I feel like the notes process in this movie wasn't that great. You need a line to to explain the accent and the fact that he's in the U.S. Army. And he's American. Yeah, he's supposed to be American. He's American. No, you just have he's, to be like, oh, my parents were from somewhere. You know, like you right. just need the line in the movie, and it just never shows up. It never comes. All right. So Frank, after the this is after the break-in. Frank, as a way to apologize, begins training with Senzo because Senzo needs someone to act as a sparring partner for his son, Shingo. They all three work together for a few years, and then Shingo dies. And Senzo tells Frank that their time together is over because there's no Shingo, so now there's no training. And they do the whole, like, you're not Japanese, I can't train a white man in Japanese art or whatever. Frank eventually convinces Senzo that they should continue the training, 
that he'll go fight in the Kumite as a way to honor him and also as a way to honor Shingo. And that's how we end up with Frank in Hong Kong, which is where we meet Chong Li. Chong Li is a reigning champion of the Kumite. He's this massive, terrifying, dominating force, really, who only exists to do two things, break bones and kill people. Mm -hmm. That's all that he wants to do. He's got a fucking, a chest like a 70-inch TV (laughs) and a right leg like a sawed-off shotgun. There's never been a more threatening, a more intimidating person in a karate movie, not before Bloodsport came out in 1988 and not in the 30 or so years since then. He is and will forever be a karate movie standard, which is why we're talking about him. That's the plot of Bloodsport. Wow. It's pretty good. That's a good summary. It was. I worked in this Nicely for done. six years. I've been, <laughs> I've been ready. <laughs> the culmination of a career. We've got some categories that we're going to run through, but yes. before we get to the categories, I've got four interesting things from this movie that I caught on the rewatch, Okay, and I'm going to throw them out there. And you can tell me if you already knew these things or not. I'm almost certain that you didn't, though. Number one, Chong Li is only on screen for a total of seven minutes. Oh, you I, got, you got I, something I, already. I believe that. So this is one of the notes. I, not so much uh, the screen time, but the number of lines and words that he had. He has a four of them. So he has four lines mm-hmm. and totaling 24 words. That's very, all he speaks the entire time. efficient performance. Kevin, do you know what the four lines are? I feel you, like John you broke, prepared. You broke my record. I will break you is one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I break, like, 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 I, like break I break your friend. Like I break your friend. Like I break your friend. Okay. You break my record. Now I break you. Like I break your friend. He says at the very end, Mate. Oh, yeah. When, you sit, when he right. growls it and like he's, he's about to have his neck cracked. He says... Very good, but brick not hit back. There you go. Oh, yeah, of course. And then he says, you are next, That's which right. is my favorite line of the whole movie. After because, he snapped a dude's neck. <laughs> yes. This is like, this is the second thing he says in the movie. Yes. <laughs> the first thing is to Jean-Claude Van Damme right. after he breaks a brick. Right. We go a fucking an hour before he talks again. It's and amazing. It's, it's to tell you that I'm going to kill you. He also establishes himself in a way, because if you're just watching the movie for the first time, mm-hmm. You're confused as to who the bad guy is even going to be. Because even in the beginning, like mm-hmm. Ray Jackson seems like kind of a dipshit. Like, you know, he's, he's on the bus and he's, yeah, he's like, oh, wow. It's yeah. only it's confusing until that part. Right. And then, as and then soon maybe, as that happens, maybe Forrest no. Whitaker's the bad guy. No, Forrest Whitaker's no, not be for the like, bad guy. No, for like the first hour of the movie, he's trying to, he's running around trying mm. to tase people. He's, he's trying no. to get Frank Dukes out of the Kumite. Okay. I want to know how he got uh, that taser through customs. Like 50,000 volts. They brought it on the plane with two. Right well, they're, two. They're, All right. You know, second interesting defense thing. contract. We already know he's on screen for a total of seven minutes. Uh, this was Jean-Claude Van Damme's first leading role, which I'm, I'm sure we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he became a star after that. So over the next two years, he goes Black Eagle, Cyborg, Kickboxer, Death Warrant, and Lionheart, which is an unbelievable run. But did you know what he was in immediately before Bloodsport that he got replaced in? No. You don't know? No. He got replaced in it. Yes. It's going to blow your mind when I tell you. He was in Predator. Oh. And guess what he was playing? The fucking Predator. What? He was the Predator. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me he was like uh, in the Carl Weathers role or something No, he was the actual Predator. He wore the suit. He's in the jungle. He's doing this whole thing. There's a clip of, of him... In it on the internet, running through the jungle. What was he? Wh- it's fantastic. Why was his predator running so bad that they were like, "Nope, we need a new one." Well, first of all, he just wasn't big enough to play the role. They ended up getting uh, what is his name, Kevin Peter Hall or something like that, the same guy who did Harry from Harry and the Hendersons, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, big, a big seven footer. Um, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't the right fit. 
The third one. Chong Lee's first fight. His first fight in the Kumite, we get to watch is yeah. 14.8 seconds. Yeah. And we got that billboard thing that shoots up and it shows the like the time and yeah. oh new world record or whatever. But if you watch the fight, if you like time it, mm -hmm. it's not 14.8 seconds. If we go from the time the referee says fight or whatever he says until the time Chong Lee throws the guy off of the mat, it's almost 30 seconds long, which 30 seconds is not 14.8 seconds. It's, it's more also, than double, actually. That, that, guy, guy had, double. that guy really walked into a rear, rear naked choke there, the first guy. Oh, he yeah. just sort of wanders Sloppy. with his back to him. He, because he knew. He, he knew. He's he just do. trying to get it over as with. As soon as the fight starts and Chong Lee just starts walking toward him, he doesn't put his hands up. He doesn't do anything except stare at him and just walk. And he's like, oh, you're going to try to kick me? No, yeah. thank you. Bop, bop, bop. It's a wrap. Um yeah, it's 30 seconds long. This is the last interesting thing, and this one's going to blow your mind okay. when I tell you. Do you know how many people are participating in the Kumite when we watch it? Do you go, the, the, amount, the, the amount of people who appear on screen. In the no, Kumite. the amount of total oh. fighters that have oh, to. Total have fighters in. that are in there. Yes. 10. Kevin. Total fighters we see in the ring. Not not that we see in the ring oh. that, that are assumed to have fought. Oh, well, I mean, here. he fought. Oh. If, if he fought five times. You're now Which you're doing. You, now you're making me do math. Yeah, I, I was thinking about how many fighters we actually see, but you're saying I'm how many say, fighters were I'm going to say it was a, in the tournament. I'm going to say it was 128. That's 512. Okay. Did 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 there were there buys? I don't know what's going on. Look, we we have to assume that this is a single elimination tournament, yeah. right? And we have to assume that if there was a buy, Chong Lee would have been the person to get it because he's a reigning champion. Yeah, right. So I'm just going by his fights. He has nine fights total. Okay. Nine fights. So if you go two people to four people to eight yeah. people like that. 512 fighters in this tournament, which is a lot of fighters. That's a lot of fighters. For a three-day tournament. For a three-day tournament that's also supposed to be a secret? Like, you're keeping a secret yeah. between those 512 people and all the people that they told mm -hmm. that's supposed to be underground and nobody's supposed to know about it and nobody's supposed to talk about it. 512 people, you're shipping them all in from all over the world? And there's a lot of betting action on it. There's a lot of betting. A like lot the, like of betting gamble. action. Yeah, and then they get very indignant when the guy gets knocked out and killed, and they just throw money on top of the yeah, betting yeah. slips <laughs> that don't get cashed. <laughs> the first one I'm going to ask you about, this is, a, this is the one I always start with because it's the one that's the most integral to this particular conversation. But why is Chong Lee scary? Because it's oh. not just about size. Because Ray Jackson is bigger than Chong Lee. The sumo guy is bigger than Chong Lee. There's something else there. Kevin, why is he intimidating? Why is he scary? Well, first of all, it's kind of what you said. A lot of these karate movies, it's not the huge Hulk type guys. And he is a huge, as you said, has the chest of a 70 inch television. So there's that part of it. But he's also, I mean, he has four lines and he's just a physical actor. And I think that the fact that he's able to have what four or five different ways to just attack a guy's neck. He literally won the fight on four different neck things. Mm -hmm. One was a choke. One's a, uh, you know, the back of the neck hit. And so, I mean, I, he just has a variety of moves. He's the man of a thousand holds. It's, it's a pretty good bit to have. He okay. could do anything. He could punch, hold, whatever. He was the ultimate final boss. You know, in pretty much every fight movie or boxing movie, where there's the stare down mm -hmm. yeah. and there's the look and you got to look into a guy's eyes and determine how tough he is. He's got the craziest fucking eyes. Like yeah, he, does. he does crazy eyes the he entire really time. Does. He, he doesn't say many words. His eyes speak for him. He's terrifying. He is. There's something to me. There's something very primal about Chong Lee as a, as a character, something very instinctual because you don't have to like, you don't have to be smart to understand Chong Lee. Like, 
you just grow up understanding what an ass whooping is. And that's what <laughs> he's the bully. And that's yes. what he that's what he does. Right. But he's but it's more than just that, because he's not just a guy who's going to beat you up like he's a guy who might kill you just to kill you. Right. You and and the saying? underlying thing in all of this is there are clearly no weight classes in the Kumite. Right. None. And so he is sort of the visual representation of the guy. Now, if someone, when you're 10 years old and there's like a bully in school and he's mm-hmm. your size, you're like, hey, kick that kid's ass. I'm not that scared. But then there's the kid with like the mustache. Yeah. And he could, you know that you just cannot mess with him or else you're going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. He is the kid with the mustache. He's that guy. Yeah. Cause that's all he did was, was fight. That's all that we know him for. I didn't, when I, certainly when I watched it the first time, I had never seen this guy before. I went a long time without seeing him again. I didn't see him again until he was in Double Impact yeah. mm-hmm. with with Jean-Claude uh, Van Damme. But there are just no moments during the movie where we see him do anything other than either A, get ready to fight, B, fight, or C, celebrate a fight. Like, yeah. that's all that's it. that we see him do. There's no backstory. There's no, like, context that can humanize him. Yeah. That's all there is. There are only two lines. Okay, we talked about the lines that Chong Lee has. Mm-hmm. Somebody talks to him only two times in the whole movie. That's it. There are only two things that somebody says to him. The first thing anybody says to him is in the first few seconds of the movie. It's his trainer. Yep. His trainer says, tomorrow we leave for the Kumite. That's it. And then the next thing that we see somebody say to him is when Ray Jackson, yeah, after right. he smashes <laughs> the guy's nose in, it runs over and he's like, I'm going to kill you, man. Yeah. You, like, that's the only... The only thing that anybody says to him, all he does is exist to fight. And I understand that. I'm going to kill you, man. Yeah, you, man. You got it. That um, might have been a mistake by Ray. Uh, because that part with Chong Lee where he just picks him out of the crowd, that's when we're really trying like that. I think that's the moment when we really realize that he's being that Chong Lee is going to be our villain. Right. Because earlier he says, you know, uh, bricks don't hit back. Very good. But brick not hit back. And that's fine. And it's a little one liner and off you go. And you still think that maybe he's just this participant. Mm-hmm. But then we're realizing, oh, he's the guy that everybody needs to beat and wants to beat. And Ray is setting himself up. Uh, for a really tough fall. Ray, Ray yeah. had it. Ray had it. We're going to talk more about Ray in a, and, in a little the, bit. The Ray fight establishes the bona fides because he yeah. takes the headband. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's do you disrespectful? You don't. You don't take a man. Forrest Whitaker is not taking Harley anybody's headband. Harley's headband. <laughs> do you remember when you watched this movie the first time? Is there like yeah. a memory you have attached to it? It was always there for me. I, it, yeah, that's how I feel too. I was trying to like think of. I can remember certain movie villains. I remember the first time I saw Hannibal or whatever. The first time I saw Killmonger. But with Chong Lee, it was he was just a guy who was just there one day. Like he just exists in my subconscious. You know what I'm saying? Do you have one? Yeah, I went to see it with my buddies and my dad. Uh, we were like, that looks fun. You know, uh, post Karate Kid, it was like a grittier version of and more fun version of that same karate tournament style. And we're mm-hmm. like, let's go see that. Obviously much different. Let's do the categories. We're going to do the categories. This, the first category is called Worst Behavior. Yes. We're just going to figure out what's the most villainous yeah. thing that Chong Lee does in the movie. I've got five choices for you. And you can pick from one of these five or you can throw your sure. own out there. I'll run through them real quick. Number one, when he steals Frank's moment after Frank breaks the brick, which is an mm-hmm. unbelievable feat, breaks the brick. People are cheering for him. Mm-hmm. He's got the best fighters in the world celebrating him at this moment. And then Chong Lee's like, you know what? No, thanks. Let me, let me, let me step on that. So there's that one, which I think is not that nice of a thing to do. Number two. When he breaks the guy's leg, just for no reason yeah. at all, 
I've already defeated you. You're incapacitated. Let me let me stomp on you and break it open. Uh, number three, when he stomps on Ray Jackson's head. And again, we're going to talk more about this particular fight when we get to another category later, but that's a bad one. Number four, when he kills the guy. Just, I'm just. <laughs> These aren't in order, right? I mean, you're just throwing them I'm out there. I'm just throwing them out there. Killing a guy, right. Okay. And then number five. When he throws the salt pill yeah. salt into Frank's salt eye. Pill. Is it the, it, it's the salt more pill. Than the, more than killing the guy. Okay. Here's my general thought okay, on this ahead. whole thing. Is he anything other than a good fighter mm-hmm. before the salt? Because he, this is the behavior you would expect from a good. He just whoops people's well, ass. He's a he little bit of a psychopath. Shit. I understand that. But that's what, a, that's what UFC fighters do. They talk shit and they beat people up. But but also like killing dudes, uh, kicking I them mean, in the neck and leaving them to die. A little bit beyond just it's the a little usual bit beyond that. Fighter. You know, I know I understand. I'm not saying it's one to one, but I'm saying he's just a a ass kicking guy, and then mm. he cheats, and that's the cheating. The line. Is that too, that's too far. It, it's too far. I have one more. Uh, in addition, well, we mentioned the Harley bandana thing. I mean, you snatch a dude's Harley bandana. That's just outrageous. You just, I mean. That's intentional. That's it's tough, right? I mean, That's like you're taking a trophy now. Like, and again, that goes to kind of the psychopath mentality. That not only did he beat him, and not only did he embarrass him, not only did he at first, when I, upon watching it, you know, a zillion times, I always forget that Ray doesn't die. It looks like he should die there. He should have. He, he was trying he to kill him. Died. This was not. A, let me incapacitate you. This was. Let me destroy your yeah, brain. No, but then if he doesn't, if he dies, you don't get the cool hand hand thing at the end. The oh, handshake. I know. But he. Well, the point is, he was trying. He to was kill trying Ray. to kill him. Oh. But then on top of that, then he takes the trophy of the Harley bandana, which is really something. Um, but I've got one more that I want to just okay. throw up there for for the committee. Okay. He snot rockets on the platform twice. He does do that. I mean, yeah. like, in addition to being a dick and a murderous psychopath, you're also, like, that's, I mean, like, what about hygiene here, guy? I mean, like, we're, all, <laughs> we're like, fighting, too, and you're snot rocketing it all over the platform. This is, this is, uh, this sort of gets into one of my favorite things about Chong Lee, and that's just how much contempt he wears on his face at all times yeah. for all of the other fighters, <laughs> with the exception of Frank. Frank is the mm-hmm. only one he prepares for, but all of the other fighters, he's just like, "There's, you have no chance against me. Why are you standing on my mat right Which now? I have snot rocketed. That's how yeah. how much contempt I have for yeah. you. That I will. Okay, so so Kevin votes salt, salt. pill, which I think is a that's an easy that's an easy argument. I do think make. it's that's funny. outside he, of the rules. I do think it's funny he killed a guy, and we all agree that it's the salt. Yeah, because because that's part of like he didn't break a rule when he killed the guy. It's, yeah. it's stated early on. Right. You can die if you get on here, yeah. which is okay. Like Ray Mancini killed a guy. That wasn't, you know, we don't think Ray Mancini is the big, biggest villain of all time. Fair. That's a fair point. Are, you going, not good. are you going boogers or are you going I'm, salt I'm, I'm uh, the Harley Bandana thing too. Like, I ever, I, like the trophy, the trophy component. <laughs> I get I mean, it. Like I get the guy, it. he's got one thing that he ha- he loves in the world. and it's He wears clearly, a Harley shirt it's as well. really Harley. Yeah. And beer, which he drinks while recovering from almost dying of uh-huh. head injuries in the hospital. Uh, but, but I mean, let the man have his bandana. Yeah. I think if you're going to make that argument, you just, I, I would try to anchor it into, he thinks that Ray is dead at that yeah. point. I'm going to take this from this dead man. All right, next category, next category. And Kevin already sort of alluded to this here, but the next category is called Maybe He Had a Point. Yeah. And is there an argument you can make that justifies Chong Lee's actions in this movie? And I think you already. He was, as, it. as Bill Belichick has been phrased, a habitual line stepper. He would just take every fight, 
to its most extreme conclusion. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people died. Mm -hmm. Sometimes someone just got hit with a rear naked choke. Mm -hmm. Whatever it was, sometimes legs broke. But if you're a violent person in the Kumite, you know, you heard Ray Jackson. It's full contact. Yeah, that's why they call it blood sport. That's why they call it blood sport. (laughs) It's full contact. So I just think there's an argument to be made that he was just a really good fighter who talked shit. I do like that, John. Yeah, I I wrote down something similar for this category in that, like the whole uh, the the Darwinian Hobbesian Hobbesian. I can never get that one right. Darwinian Hobbesian ethos, where like it's hardwired into him, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's a killing machine. That's what killing machines are supposed to do. They're supposed to kill. You wouldn't expect him to, I don't know, uh, go out to a brunch with you or hang out and like talk about rom coms. Like mm-hmm. Chung Lee's there to kick ass, and that's right. what he does, and take. Bandanas. Okay, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot away from that because whenever I try to answer this question, I always start by asking myself the same thing: What was the point of this person's villainy? And I think I'm more aligned with with Kevin on this because if you get to the core of what he was, it, it becomes easier to justify the stuff that he's doing because he just really wanted to win. He's in a very violent fighting competition. He's going to do very violent things. He understands, this is a champion we're talking about. He's been to the top. He understands what it takes to psych out the other opponents. We see him get progressively, as the tournament moves on, more and more and more violent. Yeah. All the way up until he he could have killed any one of those people. He tried to kill Ray. He could have killed any of the other ones. But he waits until before the final match to kill the guy. And then, because he knows he's going up against... Frank, I think we can argue he wasn't this just a killing machine. He was just a guy who was very competitive, like extremely competitive. A, a competitive to the point where he's also willing to cheat at the end because like that's where exactly. I think I, well, so so this is why I think it's like less about, yeah, he wants to compete and he wants to be the champion, but I think that uh, the fear and intimidation factor uh, goes to the point that I was making about like uh, him being a psychopath. I mean, mm-hmm. like he wants to not just, win but dominate he wants to not just win but also kill maim mm-hmm. embarrass you know like that those things go up and beyond competition for me i don't think it was an instinctual thing though like there's no inner drive and if we we're going to jump to the headband thing i think that that's the proof right there because he takes a headband knowing what he's doing and he doesn't just take the headband he shows up to the next fight with it and he doesn't just show up to the next fight with it but he puts it on the same yeah. leg he same used leg, to yeah. stomp him in the head with like there's calculation going on in here chong lee's not a dumb guy no chong lee is not a guy who's just he's not just a bruiser he's a tactician he understands what he's doing he eventually he lost he was just not that great of a fighter it turned out he duke's sh- got in his head he should have lost to frank i mean should have lost to, to ray to ray yeah. Ray didn't close it out. That's Ray, on Ray. That is on Ray. You that can't on turn Ray. your back on that, man. That's on Ray. I mean, Should he's taking a lot. Dukes knew. Dukes was telling him to turn around. Yeah, turn around. Let's take a break from the podcast to record an advertisement. Voodoo is a streaming service you can watch on all your favorite devices, including smart TVs, Roku, Chromecast, iPhone, Android phone, or web. Stream over 6,000 titles for free, including classic and nostalgic movies and TV shows, or choose from over 150,000 titles to rent or buy in up to 4K quality, from the latest Hollywood blockbusters to independent cinema. Free movies are refreshed monthly, so it never gets old. Voodoo is not a subscription service, so there's no monthly fees. Watch free movies and TV, or rent or buy only what you want. If you could think of a movie, it's on Voodoo. 
As mentioned earlier, today's episode is brought to you by Vudu. They have a bunch of movies on the internet that you can watch. I have the page open right now for their featured films. It's a lot of good stuff. Venom is on here. I liked Venom. Split. That was good. The new Halloween. First Man with Ryan Gosling. First Man is like the movie Drive, but in outer space, I think. (laughs) The Predator is on there. Not Predator. Not the good one. The Predator. The bad one. That's on there. But it's a Predator movie. I'll make 100 Predator movies. I'm going to watch 100 Predator movies. Adrian Brody was really good in Predators. I want to make sure that we state that for the record. Villains Podcast, we are pro-Adrian Brody. Mission Impossible Fallout is on there. Great movie. The Incredibles 2. Slightly overrated. It's it's certainly no Coco. It's certainly no Spider-Man. Into the Spider-Verse. Peppermint is on there. I don't know if Peppermint is really good or really racist. It's <laughs> But whatever, it's got some Mexicans in it or some Mexican adjacent people in it. So I like it either way. The Quiet Place, Ant-Man and the Wasp. We got a lot of good stuff on there. That's the point. Head over to voodoo.com slash villains to sign up and start watching today. That's vudu.com slash villains. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Next category. The Jason Statham School for Rehabilitation. Mm. Ah, like this. I do, I do like this. We um we were talking about Fast and the Furious before this podcast started, matter of fact. But quick recap, in Furious 7, Jason Statham is a villain. He kills one of the members of the Fast and the Furious crew. He does. He spends the whole rest of the movie trying to kill everybody R. else. R.I.P. Han. Good old Han. And then in uh, Fate of the Furious, part eight, by the end of the movie, he's not only part of the crew, but also like everybody loves him and we're all friends. Part of the family. Can that happen with Chong Lee? Can he get along with, with Frank Dukes? Can he be rehabilitated? Now, one thing we didn't really get after the Mate was his sort of long view reaction. There wasn't a... Dukes, you beat me fair and square kind of thing. It wasn't the Johnny Lawrence, you, you yeah, deserve it. Right, yeah. yeah, out in the okay. parking lot yeah, type of there deal. there wasn't yeah. like a post-game ceremony. So we don't really know how he reacts to it, but absolutely. He could have. They could have gone and trained together. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been like a, a Rocky Creed. I mean, they could have become the best of friends. He could have joined the army with with Frank Dukes. The they American army. Yeah. They, I mean, with the with, accent yeah, and everything. I mean, yeah, John already in it, so you might as well have <laughs> Charlie. Lee. Can he be rehabilitated, John? So I looked at this and I tried to figure out a way and I couldn't get there because like, yeah, in today's movie universe, we can always have a team up or even yesterday's movie universe. Like you said, it could be an Apollo thing where all of a sudden those two guys become buddies and Apollo takes them out to Cali to train them so he can go be Clubber Lang. I didn't see anything in this movie. And perhaps that was because of the lack of dialogue that we already talked about. Or but it, it, at all a backstory of who he was. was at the very, very beginning, I, I believe... Is he South Korean? It looked like he had a Korean flag on earlier. I think he's yeah. Korean, yeah. yeah. South Korean. Um, but so at the very beginning, that's like the, the only backstory yeah. we got. He came from somewhere. He shows up. <laughs> he came from somewhere. We knew that he had to leave. <laughs> the day before he left, we knew he had to leave. Right, that was the instruction that he got. <laughs> he left and then he showed up and then he's there to murder people. I couldn't get there, especially because like when we're, when we're introduced to him as the primary villain, uh, Ray Jackson tells us a story about the previous Kumite mm-hmm. where he kicked a guy in the throat and watched him die. Yeah. And I was like, uh, that might be beyond rehabilitation. Okay. Well, okay. Let me, t- let me ask you a question then. If you kick a guy in the throat, mm-hmm. 
what else are you going to do besides watch him die, though? Like, what, yeah. what do you He's need him to do? He's not a doctor, unless maybe he is. We didn't get the backstory. <laughs> he can't help him. Like that. <laughs> I don't Chong know what else you do after you kick a guy in the throat. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Chong Lee in the ER reboot. I want that. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the, so was that the moment of like the point of no return for you? Like there's nothing this guy can do. I looked at So I think in every, in all of these movies, like with the Johnny Lawrence example that you were talking about, there are moments where you go, I don't know, maybe like there's a softer side and you've been with Allie and all this stuff. Like there could be a part where you go, Oh, I could see some sort of like redemption for him in some way. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in this movie that suggests that he's redeemable. Like if there was one moment, that wasn't just him being a murderous, killing karate machine, fighting machine. I'd be like, all right, there's one moment there like where he said something or did something or even gave a look. But even with his eyes, his eyes say murder. When I was doing all the research for this mm-hmm. stuff and I was trying to find old articles, new articles, old videos, new videos, whatever, I found one where Jean-Claude Van Damme and Chong Lee meet up again, like recently in the last three or four years or something like that. They're at a restaurant. So I think it's a birthday party for Jean-Claude Van Damme and Bolo Young walks in and he still looks exactly yeah. the same, first of all. But he even in the video when I saw him, there was like this visceral, like, oh shit, they're gonna, it's about to go down <laughs> right now. Like I was still I was still afraid. I was I was expecting like Bloodsport 2 is about to happen. And they they made they, they made a few jokes, oh we're going to do Bloodsport 2, whatever. But I they think they made Bloodsport 2. Well, they, they, they met with, it, with those other two guys. people. Yeah, yeah. I refuse to acknowledge any yeah, of those. That's ones. not canon. Yeah. I didn't know that there were other blood sports. You didn't? You no. don't know about the Dark Kumite? Dark Kumite. I, yeah. This is something that I did as I was researching. Pat, I'm like, where is this? What Pat Morita's in it. Pat yeah. Morita's in one of those, yes. It's no, they're no good. They're no good. And also, like, the Kumite's are already dark. We don't need a darker. Yeah. Fair enough. That's a good Kumite. point, actually. Next category this is bonus footage. Is there a moment we know for sure happened in the Bloodsport universe that we don't get to see that you'd like to see? Is there a thing that happens? Well, I mean, we're talking about the 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 off-screen death. We're talking about off-screen anything. But yeah, that's a good example. We know Chong Lee killed a guy. Yep. We, sure, let me see that clip. Are there other moments like that in here? For me, I mean, that's the obvious one. Mm-hmm. But for me, in the same way, then, you know, not to beat the Fast and the Furious universe into the ground here, but right. when we when we got the offshoot and we went to Tokyo and we got Han and all that stuff, I love Victor Lin, the uh, like fixer slash I'm going to show yeah. you around Hong Kong slash yeah. he becomes their manager out of nowhere. He mm-hmm. just shows up and he's like, hey, I'm Victor. And they're like, cool, man, you could be our Sherpa around Hong Kong. I want to see him taking us around. Hong Kong, when he gives us that story about there's regular Hong Kong, Ooh, and then you step out yeah. of the sunlight, mm-hmm. and he takes them through the dark passageways and shit. Right. Give me that guy. I, I could use, a, very little, charming. Yeah, I could use a, a little more Frank Duke's back, military backstory. Right. I want to know what he was doing. I want to know how he ended up there. As I mean, a captain. As a captain, the, the how he made his way up the ranks in the U.S. military as just apparently just a kickboxer. Quickly. Quickly. Very Can quick. we talk about the timeline okay. on that one? Go yeah. for it, John. So this is like, I, so we see him as a very, like, a very large person break-in artist, teenager with an accent, right? And yeah. then all of a sudden he's a, supposed to supposed to be, as Ray Jackson said, hey kid, you're like, you're so young. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you in this? And he says, you're too old to be playing video games. Right. I have that exchange. Yeah. So at some point, even though not much time has elapsed, he goes from break-in artist, 
to very young captain, and in between trains to become a lethal fighting machine in the Kumite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this it's is all because he didn't flinch. He didn't, he didn't flinch when the sword came. <laughs> that was an early Kobe Matt Barnes meme. Is that what that, that was? He didn't, he he didn't s- flinch, and he, they knew he had it. You're talking about when Sinzo swipes yeah, the sword absolutely. in front of his face. Which is wildly dangerous and irresponsible. Child endangerment. If he sneezes, he gets his fucking forehead sliced off right there. That's bad business. I want to know where HHS was on that. <laughs> oh, you mean the the weird setup where there were a bunch of kids being tied up with ropes in the back in the <laughs> back didn't, didn't tip anybody off? Stretch. How did that not get investigated? Yeah, I want to know. We um, I'm gonna cheat a little bit here because we I don't know that this happened, but I feel like. One of the main driving forces, and we find this out later on, we find this out when Frank and Chong Lee finally get ready to fight. Mm-hmm. And then right before they're about to fight is when Chong Lee finally talks to Frank again, and he says, you break my record, now I break you like I break your friend, right? Mm-hmm. He was carrying that from the very first fight of the tournament, or from Frank's first fight, the whole rest of the way. Like, he was upset about that. And if you go back and you rewatch... Anytime that people start cheering for him, he goes nuts. He's, yeah. he's jumping around, being yeah. doing that very weird silent celebration, right? But when they start cheering for Frank Dukes or when Frank Dukes breaks his record, anytime Frank does something good, they always cut to Chong Lee, and it's it's just killing him in yeah. his face. And I want to know, like, why is he this way? Something happened, I feel like, that made him this way. His father, like maybe he had an older brother that his father loved a lot more than him. And so every little thing he feels like he needs to fight for. Mm. But that was really, to me, like a very interesting part I didn't realize until later on. Like that's what was driving him almost more than anything else was just, I, I'm very jealous of every little thing that this other person gets. That's who he kicked in the throat, the brother that yeah, he always hated. That could have been Yeah, it. that's who it was. I'll take that. Next category. It's called overmatch, undermatch, or fair fight. And this is the thing about the person who stands opposite of the villain. Mm -hmm. We talk about this, everyone. Because Bolo Young is perfect as Chong Lee. He does every single thing right. There's not one piece I feel like I could change that would make him more intimidating or or more frightening or more believable as Chong Lee. Can we say the same thing about Van Damme here? And I don't mean like, is he a good actor? Because he's clearly not that. (laughs) There's no... like. There's no, how do we make him a better actor? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, is there ever a moment in the movie where it feels like he's just getting blown off the screen by Chong Lee, Frank Dukes? That's a good question. For me, there are, uh, like, the way that I was looking at it, because, you know, it's a a martial arts movie, so they're going to go and battle and and all that stuff. So I I think about them independently when they're doing things uh, on their own. And so the things I always come back to for Chong Lee... Uh, the iconic things are the crazy eyes crazy and the celebration eyes. and the peck thing, okay. right? which is very difficult to do. Have you ever tried to do this? I'm doing it right now. You're, you you have gigantic pecs. I am uh, not 6'3 and, and 225 muscle Shea like is. you. Shea, Shea is. is. Yeah. Uh, so it's much harder for us. Thank you, by the but, way. But as a, as a comparison point, Van Damme has the splits. He yeah. does have the and Van Dam does multiple splits in this movie. He does the tree rack splits on the torture device that you mentioned, which HHS just doesn't know about or care about. Gotta like look into it. Children getting get on the on the torture device in the backyard. He does the chair splits. He does the chair splits in the uh, hotel room. He does splits when he punches a dude in the balls in the in the fight the in the kumite. Guy, yeah. And he also does splits on a stone on a stone slab outside a random temple on a hill overlooking Hong Kong before facing Chong Lee. 
splits to pec flex, I feel like that's a good even balance. I, I really like that and, and from they, both of them. You know, he broke his record. I mean, I just think there's a lot there where he established his fighting skill. It was not an underdog story by the time the no. final Kumite got, got underway. We, we, you keep talking about the crazy eyes. Mm. There are two big crazy eye scenes. <laughs> the first one happens when he stomps Ray Jackson's head. And we, we get the shot from underneath. Yeah. And he... And he's like, <laughs> yes. he, he looks like, like if you put eyes and teeth on a pumpkin is what his face looks like in that moment right there. So you've got that one. And then you have the one when he's fighting Frank, when he gets kicked a couple of times, he like adjusts his head yep. and then he just fucking sprints at him, a dead sprint. <laughs> and he makes the eyes. So you've got those two. Is, is are, are Chong Lee's crazy eyes, his move, is that better? Is that more effective to you than Jean-Claude Van Damme's yell? When he gets the salt in his eyes, because John Claude wasn't a great actor then. He's better now. He wasn't great then. But in them, even watching it now, I feel like, like I felt like that scream was packed with years of training and years of hurt and years of like the 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 death of this child is is haunting them or the death of Shingo is haunting them. And he's letting it all out right there when he realized he's being robbed sure. of a championship. Well, he'd already established that he's a great screamer when he yelled stop. No, he, yells, he yells oh, no. Yeah. No, he yells stop. When he's stomping on his head? When he's stomping no, on Ray Jackson's no, head? No, when, uh, yeah, when he's watching it, that's what you're talking about. I don't yeah. remember if it was stop or no. Now we need to go to he the He yells tape. no. But I will, I will counterpoint you here. Okay. Uh, because you're saying, like, was that yell as good as his crazy eyes? He also, in addition to the yell, does his own version of the crazy eyes. It's, yeah, he does. It's a crazy eye off, which yeah. I think, uh, I'm going to call it a push. I think that they were perfectly matched for each this other. Is, this is a fair fight. I, I think like I, it. I think I agree with you on that one. Yeah. No, I, I, it's a push. Mm-hmm. Last category. This is my favorite category of all the categories. It's called the regrets. Who makes the biggest mistake when dealing with Chong Lee? Looking back on it now. I feel like there's an obvious, it's an uh, there's, obvious. There's an obvious, it's an obvious winner. Obvious. But maybe there's not. All right, let me go through them. I've got I've got five of them. All right. Number one. I'll just I'm gonna put this one out there because I know this is the one that you're thinking about. Ray for not finishing yep. finishing him off when he had the chance. And also for goading him in the first place. That was a big mistake. I mean, you first you poke the bear and then you turn your back on the bear. This is a bad, bad idea. That was a bad idea. A thing that I understand about that when, when I'm watching the fight and he conks him on the head and he falls down. Two things. Number one, as you mentioned, one of the rules is if you get knocked off the platform, you're out. Right. Just push him push off. Push him. Give him a little right shove. There. That's you're, all you you're need. You're like an inch away. He's done. A little, re- little, little kick. That was really bad on Ray's part. Also... If you watch it and you're paying attention, Ray is jumping around and he's celebrating and he says, he's dead. Yeah. And like, he's not, he's not dead, Ray. He's just bleeding a little bit. Ray, he's not, it's clearly he's awake. not dead. That was a bad one. All right. So mistake number one, Ray for not finishing off Chong Lee when he had the chance. Number two, uh, the guy who got killed for getting in the ring with him. Like that's a mistake. Yeah. Okay. Number three. Frank for assuming that Chong Lee wouldn't try to cheat. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a big mistake. The council, the Kumite council, for inviting him back after he killed the other guy. This guy's a problem. Yeah. Do we need to invite him? We've got 511 other people. Do we need Chong Li? Do we need 512? Do we need 512? <laughs> right. And Chong Li. I'm going to blame Chong Li for changing his outfit before the championship fight. Because in every match before then, he's got the black pants with the red sash on. 
He every single all oh, eight fights. Superstition, superstition like thing. This. Wow. And yeah. then at the end, he puts on the red shorts with the Harley bandana. I feel like after the match, there was definitely a moment where he's sitting in the locker room like, fuck, I should have kept my pants Made a mistake. on. Mistake. Yeah. Shouldn't have done that. There's also uh the guy, got one. The guy well, the uh just for mistakes for uh messing with Chong Lee. The guy who gets his leg broken and it cut his right leg and the bone comes out, that guy, mm-hmm. he looks a little like Tate Frazier. He <laughs> makes a mistake by hitting him, uh, hitting Chong Lee in the face and making him bleed. And that's when Chong Lee's like, oh, that I'm going to go and mistake. fuck this dude's leg up. And now he's got a fucking bone sticking out of his leg. If you hadn't hit him in the face, maybe he would have gone easy on you. I feel like a lot of the guys who were finished by Chong Lee brought it on themselves. I feel like they just got too close. You got to know how to how to. Got to keep your distance. You got to keep, keep your keep distance. Weed in the gut. Yeah, yeah. They they really, as Frank points out to Ray, he keeps telling him go yeah. for his gut. He's soft in his core. A lot of these guys didn't heed that advice. Really bad. Yeah. So John, what, what are we going with for? What's your pick for who made the biggest mistake here? Uh, I mean, it's it's got to be Ray. It's got to be Ray. Right. Because I'm not Ray. picking Ray. By You're the not way. picking, I'm not Ray. picking Ray. Ray. For me, it's Ray because not only does he antagonize Chong Lee. And not only does he not finish Chong Lee off when he has a chance, he should have died. He definitely should have died. In fact, like I always forget until later in the movie that he doesn't die and ends up drinking beer in a hospital with like a bandage on his head. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Ray, it's Ray. Can, should we talk about like the Hong Kong medical system that they're just allowing you to drink a beer? <laughs> after you've yeah. got Where's your... he getting these beers? Does somebody, he have a study supply or the nurses bring them to him? Somebody brought that in. Okay, I'm gonna argue. I'm gonna argue with both of y'all here as far as who made the biggest mistake. I think it's the guy who gets killed. I feel like he is dead. He is dead. There's so that. The, the, there's that. The the stakes are a little bit higher. Mm. Ray is fine. Ray fought in the Kumite five years later after not that. Whatever. Not only is he fine, they're like you're gonna be out in a week, and I'm like a week. Yeah, yeah. you're good to go. The reason very, I, good, the, very good doctors there. But here's yeah. the reason the I think that the couple good. of beers and seeing the seeing the light. <laughs> here's the reason I think that he makes the the biggest mistake. Because if you get in the ring and you get killed, like in your first fight with uh-huh. Chong Lee, uh-huh. cool. That like it, the, you didn't know that that was coming. Yeah. But he's already seen Chong Lee fight seven times, and he has seen Chong Lee get meaner and meaner and meaner. He gets more and more violent every single time. You you, you saw the leg break. Then you saw him stomp on the head and try to kill the guy. You got to be able to figure out he's getting worse. Guys, guys, he's getting worse <laughs> right now. I'm a little nervous about this. I don't want to get in the ring with him. So you just bail on the fight? I would. There's, there's, no, be, there's no way I'm getting in there. It, it's a pre-fight injury situation where yeah. you're like, oh, I put my hand through yeah, a yeah. glass window accidentally the night before the fight. It's one of those. You're begging off. Yeah, there's no way that you're going to get me in the ring after I've seen all of these other things. Also, he did previously murder a dude. So there was already like murder yeah. on the books. Yeah. So you have a like a murder record to go by. Exactly. I know you're capable of killing. Yeah. And I know that you've gotten closer and closer to killing with every fight. I, I'm you're not going to win. So they had no liability issues with bringing him back. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If you kill That's a guy, the underwriting on, on that is difficult. That if you kill a guy, I feel like you maybe you take a couple of years off. Listening to Villains, I'm Shay Serrano. Kevin Clark and John Gonzalez were my guests today. Read them on TheRinger.com and listen to them on The Ringer Podcast Network. This episode concludes season one of Villains.
Thank you to everyone who listened and to everyone who called in and left voicemails for our bonus episodes. Reverse thank yous to anyone who didn't. If you haven't already, go back and listen to the rest of the season. It's really, really good. Villains is a production of The Ringer. It's executive produced by Juliette Littman. Kara Hart is our producer, and Bobby Wagner is our researcher and engineer. Thank you to Daniel Birch for our theme music. Don't forget to go check out the special rewatchables collection on Vudu, the streaming service you can watch on all of your favorite devices. Stream over 6,000 titles for free or choose from over 150,000 titles to rent or buy in up to 4K quality from the latest Hollywood blockbusters to independent cinema. Head over to voodoo.com slash villains to sign up and start watching today. That's V-U-D-U dot villains.